the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Today's edition of the Spot Track Podcast is presented by The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track, S-P-O-T-R-A-C. Get yourself 40% off, a ton of coverage on all the sports that matter. Personalize your feed with your favorite leagues, your favorite teams. You'll have updated Twitter feeds, updated podcast commentary, and of course, daily articles you can turn to every morning to get your day started with sports content like Scott and I do every single day. Theathletic.com slash spot track. Get you 40% off today. Today's edition is also presented by Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, dedicated to serving the unique wealth management needs of athletes and top professionals in the sports world. Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment strives to bring sports professionals the financial solutions they need, including access to financing, supporting prospective NFL and NBA athletes. Really important right now, especially this year. Training costs a heck of a lot. All the agent fees, all the room and board, the travel. There's a lot that goes on to um, getting yourself ready, prepared for a draft. And then once that draft happens, getting yourself prepared for mini camps and training camps and summer leagues and all that stuff. Somebody's got to pay that money. Many times it's the athlete themselves. So Morgan Stanley has a program set up to help these athletes and to some degree kind of bet on them, right? So we'll, we'll help you out now and hopefully you'll, your career will help us out later. It's a really great plan. Find out more at morganstanley.com slash G-S-E, ms.com slash G-S-E. Scott, I want to start with baseball. It's uh, oh, five weeks in now. You know, we, what we know is nothing. <laughs> and uh, there's been plenty of surprises at the top of the standings right now. And, and the, uh, the big boys are kind of middling in the middle right now. The Yankees are 500. The Mets are 500. The Dodgers are hovering around 500. And, you know, the Nationals are beat up a little bit here. That's, that's where I want to go with this. There's a lot of talk about how to change baseball. There's a lot of talk about what stinks about baseball. Um, and honestly, the pitcher versus batter conversation, Scott, is leading to injuries. And I kind of made note of the hit-by-pitch stat this week on Twitter, if you didn't see it. It's up. It's been up every year, and it's up again this year early on. And you can talk about how that's velocity, and I agree, but it's also a control issue. And it's guys overthrowing, just going out there and trying to sling it 101 because 101 most of the time can be kept in the ballpark. You know, generally you're going to have guys that are late and there's not a lot of guys that can go opposite field 400 in this league still. So we, you and I have had conversations and there's been plenty of great conversations out there about how to change baseball to make it more of a, a spectator sport, more action, more, more gameplay. That's for another day. What I want to do right now, Scott, is because we track this information, I want to give you the numbers on who's kind of seen the most impact from those injuries. And we track every single day's worth of cash cumulatively in terms of the, the injured list. We do this with most sports. Here's the f- top five teams who have spent the most cash in the first five weeks on the injured list. Houston, Washington, Toronto, the Dodgers, and the Red Sox. And the Mets are sixth, and the Yankees are seventh, and the Angels are eighth. That's a pretty damning list right there. Okay, that's the list that baseball wants on the top of the standings <laughs> across the board. Those are the teams that baseball needs winning, that baseball needs superstars and prime time, that baseball needs Sports Center top 10 plays from, and they're beat up. 
and they're beat up. And then the Nationals are probably the top of that list. You know how bad that pitching staff has been because mm-hmm. of it. The Dodgers have had players in and out. The Red Sox are succeeding despite a couple of injuries. And, of course, despite the Mookie Betts trade, Yankees and Mets have significant injuries that are getting worse and worse that every day that goes on. So it's going to be the storyline again. We, we kind of It kind of made itself the storyline last year because of COVID, because of the truncated season, the delayed start to, you know, the double spring training. There was so much concern about the pitchers and it kind of bared out. And here we are now. And I think it's a different conversation. If you look at these injuries, I can't tell you how many hands, wrists, fingers, thumbs I've had to put on the injured list from a transactional standpoint. And that's hit by pitch. That's hit by pitch. That's the story of Aaron Judge's career. It's the story of a couple of Mets that I follow's career. It is becoming a thing. And I, I jokingly kind of said, you know, if Trevor Bauer needs to use pine tar to control his fastball, let's let everybody use pine tar. Because <laughs> I'd rather see 99 in the strike zone than 99 banging off somebody's back wrist, which is what I've seen too many times in this first five weeks. It's just not good for the game. So uh, thoughts? I mean, is it just the animal that we have now? And if you're one of the fans of these eight teams I just mentioned, just kind of let it out, you know, let, let it ride, take a deep breath. It's a long season. You're going to get healthy maybe at the right time in August and good things can still happen. Or is this going to become the, the sports pandemic? That's a, that's a great question. I, I don't know what the answer is. Cause it's only because... going to take one to the head. Before, You're right. before every single media outlet says, holy shit, what's wrong with baseball? And, and, and it and almost did by, happen with Bryce Harper. I cannot believe Bryce Harper played baseball two days later after taking that pitch off the head. And, and that would have been it. That would have been the, the, the pitch that changed the game right there. Um, well, but what and, happens, and, right? It, it, well, and that stat that you reference. Yeah. It's not a actually, little bit of an increase, right? Well, it's not a little bit of increase, but that's actually being hit by the pitch. I can't tell you how many times I've watched a game and a there have been guys who have the ball has come so close and their feet are moving and they're falling face first into the dirt. My son was even mimicking Okuna Jr. the other night when <laughs> yeah. that, that ball got out of hand there and he almost got hit. So that doesn't even take into account the number of times guys have almost gotten hit, which I guarantee that would astronomically make that stat go up even more. And if there was a stat for it, I bet that stat would be down because velocity's up. The average fastball is like, or the average pitch is like 95 right now, almost 95, Scott. You're not getting away from most of those. No. So I bet that stat is down. I bet they're getting hit more than they're getting, getting out of the way right now. Here's the quick yeah. numbers, just a reference. In 2018, this is batters hit by pitch per game. 0.395 in 2018, just over 4.4 in 2019, just over 0.45 in 2020, and we're hovering towards 0.49 in 2021 early on. So there's a chance, and the the trends would tell you, we're going to get to half a batter a game in 2021. That's insane. That's insane. That's not, that is not good for the batter. That's not good for the game. It's not good for injuries. For us, us, there's nothing more deflating than seeing Aaron judge get pegged off the wrist and us having to think internally. Great. He's done for six weeks because of one pitch. That happened. Was it last season or the season before 
on opening day, Trey Turner took a ball off yes. the finger and he was out for three, four weeks and it really hurt the team. Uh, and it, now it, he's a fringe MVP candidate. You know correct. what I mean? And that's all it takes is health. And, and before you're out there saying, well, you know, freak injuries happen. LeBron's high ankle sprain happens. BS. Let's, let's, let's get this out in the open. Somebody steps on LeBron's ankle. That's freakish. That that's part of the gameplay. It's going to happen. There is data there. There's no, <laughs> there's so much data that you don't even know what to look at, but there is specific data to velocity up, fastballs up, curveballs down, uh, you know, spin rate up, less control, you know, all those numbers are out there. There's, there is a, there's a choice by pitchers right now to add velocity and lose control. It is just what they're deciding to do. It doesn't so much matter that I'm in the strike zone. If I'm throwing 99 instead of 96, I'm going to get X percent more batters out. I'm going to get X percent more swing and misses. Or, or batters are going to barrel me up X percent less of the time. That's the kind of data that's out there. That's the kind of data that matters to these internal pitching staffs. So it isn't about being able to control your four-seamer. It isn't about being able to control the slider. It is about the percentage of times I have to throw it to certain batters. And if, I, if one slips off the end of the finger every now and then, eh, it's not a big deal. I'll get him the next time. But that one that slips off the finger to Mike Trout and hits him in the back of the hand everybody suffers. <laughs> so, so I just think this is something to really watch and you can complain about the shifts and you can complain about, you know, strikeouts versus home runs. It's all valid, but this one's really going to hurt the game because you take superstars out of the game, you take them off the TV screens, everybody suffers. Yeah. It happened with Tatis Jr. at the beginning of the season yes. when he was out. Juan Soto has been out for He's just about to come back. You know, you, you have these big name guys that when they're not on the TV, the not only the fans suffer, but from a, a business standpoint, the marketing of ESPN wanting to play that Sunday night game and those marquee guys aren't on the TV, those eyeballs aren't going to go there, which in turn means revenue from the, the TV ads is not going to be impacted. You know, it, it, it's a... You know, let's really quick talk about that, Scott, because... You know, we, we've heard some people, important people now kind of speak to the matter of baseball and, and how the game has to progress or, or change just to just become more fan friendly. I mean, what fans pay, you know, and, and when fans are paying, corporations will sponsor. That's just how this animal works, this beast works. So, you know, David Stern made it a thing with the NBA. Two, two things that he's going to be known for, for the rest of history, globalizing basketball, right? Getting out of the, uh, the U S walls and, and bringing in the Europeans and bringing in, you know, Australians and Canadians and, and these players that really kind of dominated the, the game to some degree. And number two is I'm going to protect my superstars first and foremost. If you are elite and you can carry yourself on TV and you can do all the right things to, to, to promote this brand properly, I'm going to make sure that you have as most as much security inside of this league, inside of this association as humanly possible, because you are my brand. And that hasn't translated to baseball and it hasn't. And, and the question has to be this, because we're now in a left versus right kind of situation, almost politically speaking in baseball, who carries the brand more Garrett Cole or Aaron judge? 
Who matters more to baseball? A great starting pitcher or a great position player? A great batter? And once you determine that, look, football determined it. Okay? Football determined it. For a lot of reasons, we got we to gotta devalue the safety who can blow a guy up in the secondary. We got to devalue him. Okay? He's bad for us injury-wise, and he's bad for us from a longevity-wise with our superstars. Right, we've got superstar wide receivers, superstar tight ends, superstar running backs, superstar quarterbacks, who all translate to a fantasy model, who all translate to this huge global fan entity, and we got to protect them. And the way to protect them and also cover our asses is those hits go away. We're gonna we're gonna find, suspend, you know, demolish those kind of hits in football and protect our superstars, our brand superstars. So, Scott, who is the brand superstar in Major League Baseball that they should start to focus on for the next 10 years? Well, who, the batter. The, I mean, so, that, so moving people, the mound back, you know, raising whatever it's going to take, all those things should be in play in terms of what you're saying. Yeah, because that, that's what people want to see. They want to see the action. They want to see the diehards love seeing great pitching, and, and that is great. But from a average to sub-average baseball watcher they want to see the hits that's what they they go to watch sports center or all those highlights they want to see the uh, guys on base they want to see the home runs they want to see a, a guy get to a triple or a double they want to see movement on the bases you know s- stolen bases are, are are a rarity but they're awesome when they happen and we don't have as many stolen bases as we had yeah. 20 years ago um so i i would say the batter for sure and whether that is you know moving the mound back or um you know i i mentioned to you earlier offline they're, they're they've been talking about all these metrics of you know moving the moving the mound back, having a pitch count, having this, having that. I have never once heard anything from the batter side. Why aren't they talking about potentially increasing the barrel size, sure. even if it's a millimeter to, to help with hitting more from that standpoint? Yeah. You, you mentioned control and bringing in uh, a, a foreign substance. Why not? Instead of bringing in the foreign substances, even though on quote unquote, they're there, Give them one to why use. not? Yeah. What give them one to use or allow them to have a glove. Well, that I mean, the NFL ha- basically allowed stick them for wide receivers at some point so they could right. catch the ball easier. So, so if a, if a pitcher wants to have a glove on their pitching hand to have more of the traction, okay. and this is the glove that all pitchers are going to do. There's another marketing thing. Whoever, yeah, it's neat out of the box. I don't know if it would work, but it's a, it's good thinking. It's good quality thinking. I mean, I, but that would help with the control issue. I think there's two things, and not to get down this rabbit hole because we have before, but I think there's two things, Scott, that can really help immediately. Number one is uh, is moving back a little bit. And if you're a traditionalist, they've done this before, they can do it again. Okay? Um, and number two is this. Not only bring in a pitch clock, bring in an aggressive pitch clock. I don't think 30 seconds is enough. And, and this, is yeah, where, this is where I want to go. With it. It's not about time-wasting. It is about allowing the pitcher to completely recover. And that's something that's missing here. Pitchers should get tired. Pitchers, this should be a a physical situation. Every inning, even if it's 15 pitches, 
the the pace at which pitchers should be forced to work should be a physical activity. And when that happens, there's going to be a little – you're going to have fastballs that's supposed to be in the outside corner trickle into the middle of the plate more. You're going to give hitters a little bit more opportunity. Now, I, I don't want to be hypocritical. That could also lead to more hit-by-pitches if you've got a tired pitcher up there. But, you know, tired pitchers should be less velocity as well. You know, I, I love watching Jacob DeGrom in the eighth inning throwing 100, but it's freaking unbelievable. I don't know if that, that should be allowed. And Jake works pretty fast in comparison to a lot of pitchers out there. But Jake should be dead tired in the eighth inning. Every pitcher should be dead tired. All right? That should be a big part of it. Force them to not be able to recover after every single pitch. Get on the mound. Get on the rubber. Get your sign. And get back into the game. That'll help a lot of things. And I think it'll help. I think it'll give the hitters a better chance. I well, agree. It, I agree with you that the hitters should be the brand. And great pitchers, DeGrom, Cole, Verlander, Scherzer, they can have their own part of this. And you can market them maybe as much as a Mike Trout, a Bryce Harper, a Tatis Jr. But I just think at the end of the day, you're the kids, they're gonna gravitate toward the kid, the guy with the bat in his hand. That's just how it's gonna be. That's just that's the market for the kids. How- and that's how it was growing up. I mean, yeah, your Griffey. favorite was Griffey. Course, you know, it, I I loved Frank Thomas growing up. You know, you you gravitate towards the the batter because there is more action instead of yeah. throwing the ball to the mound. And and some people don't understand the the strike zone or what a cutter, or what a splitter, or any of those are. So it just looks like a ball going to. By the way, that's another quick plate. point. If they go robot umpires, that means there's a robotic strike zone, and you could you could decrease that strike zone using computers. You could. And that would be another area to go here. Now, I don't know if more walks is good for baseball, but base runners are. Base runners create chaos. Chaos is interesting. Chaos gets people to watch. Chaos which matters. Is why, which is why the extra innings player on second, is, it, it creates, you have interest. someone in scoring position. There's interest. Yes, there's interest. So I think the other thing with the pitch clock of the fifth, if you went to like a 15 second is it, I'll, it disallows the batter to be in and out of the box as well. Sure. So it speeds up that part too. Yeah, absolutely. That's a big part of it. All right, that's enough on the baseball. Uh, point in case, many of the top teams who are paying out injured players right now are the teams that matter, are the betting favorites for divisions and for conferences and things like that. So deep breath, it's May 7th. <laughs> okay. a lot. There's a lot of time to get a lot of people healthy, but... We're definitely going to keep an eye on this one, both the hit by pitch rate and the injured list, because just quick numbers this year versus last year versus 19 and 18, all this stuff is coming way up. And uh, it's it's slightly concerning, especially if these include superstar players. So something to keep an eye on. All right, Scott, let's flip to uh, the topic that we've tried to avoid because it's so it's so, <laughs> so saturated. Um but we're going to try to bring our own at least angle to this whole quarterback slash Aaron Rodgers slash winning slash financial part of it. Um, you and I have both done a lot of work here over the week, and I, I've got some some information here that I haven't even shared with you. So I think we can bring a pretty good angle to this conversation. Before we do, you know, we're a data company but we can have our own opinions. And I think it's interesting when we do, where are you with Aaron Rodgers right now in your head? If you had to explain this to your son right now, 
how would you explain Aaron Rodgers? He's unhappy with the organization, doesn't want to be there anymore. Um, he's ready to <laughs> retire or go to another team or whatever it may be. Could be financial, could not be financial. <sighs> Everything under the sun. Uh, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm to a point where let, let's be done with it. Whether you're going to trade him at June 1st or – you know, I'm ready. It's almost where we were at the Deshaun Watson saga. Either trade him or just buckle down and, and move forward. And Houston buckled down, move forward, and, and made free agent transactions uh, regardless of whether he was going to be on the roster or not. I think this is a little bit more significant because it's it came on trade deadline or uh, draft day. And okay, now, that's where that I want to focus. Well, let's transition right there. Okay. Adam Schefter gets a tweet or a message or a text or something from somebody that says, on literally Thursday draft day, Aaron wants out. He's extremely displeased. There's a problem with the GM situation, the front office, and Aaron have a huge rift. Let, let, let's, uh, let's make that known to people. Great. That's, that's Adam Schefter's job. No flack against him. Why did this happen on on April 28th? Oh, because he wanted to be part of a draft day trade. Okay. To who? San Francisco? Who had already given up three firsts to, to move well, up that, and, and draft a, a financially, you know, rookie a rookie wage-scaled quarterback? No one's ever going to take 36-year-old Aaron Rodgers over the opportunity at four years, $30 million. That's never going to happen. I mean, that's just not how the well, game or any sport works right now. That And if he knew his contract situation, he knew that he was not going to be able to – he could be traded, but there was going to be massive hit to Green Bay, and Green Bay wasn't necessarily going to want to take that on at that time. Correct. But the only way that this, this makes sense to me, and it's possible and probably likely, is that Aaron Rodgers sometime in February – went to the Green Bay front office and said, hey, I think it's time. Try to do your work. And maybe Green Bay did their work, but nobody talked about it, which means no other teams leaked that they were shopping Aaron Rodgers, which means Green Bay probably didn't try to shop Aaron Rodgers in February when Stafford and Goff and Wentz and everybody else was out there and the names were out there. So the Packers said no. And in turn, what we've, what we've learned is the Packers offered him an extension the Packers offered to restructure his contract for cap purposes this year. They did all the things that I think a front office should be doing in February leading up to March to the, to the league year. Aaron Rodgers said no. He let free agency happen. He saw what didn't happen. No, nothing acquired via trade. Minimal free agents. Well, I'll get to that. I got numbers. And then draft day. When the NFL was back in focus, he drops this nugget or his agent or somebody drops this nugget. This was never about, I want to get out of here. This is just a smear. This is just a smear. And maybe he will get out, and maybe you're right. After June, after June 1st, somebody will take a chance. But find me that team right now. Find me the team that's going to take a chance on Aaron Rodgers in 2021. Who, 36, almost 37-year-old Aaron Rodgers, who doesn't have six years left. 
he doesn't. Who is going to completely flip their quarterback situation upside down right now for Aaron Rodgers? Nobody. Miami's the only team I can give you. Mm. That's it. That's the only team I can tell you right now that will do it. Yeah. And you can tell me Denver. That. You can say Denver, and you, and I don't even believe that they've actually – there was a deal on the table, blah, blah, blah. B.S. Somebody talked about it out loud, and it sounded good. Okay? That's where Denver got. So let's let's make it two. For, for, for fairness, let's make it the Denver Broncos and the Miami Dolphins. Both of those teams possibly on June 2nd could make significant offers for Aaron Rodgers. Does he take it? He doesn't have a no trade clause, so he'd have to accept it. So is he playing football for one of those teams in 2021? I'm going to say no. Here's what I think happens. Because retirement's certainly an option, but I don't think he's ready. Otherwise, why, this would never even come. He would just have retired. If, if this was about I'm playing for somebody else or nobody, he would have just retired. Flat out, you're done. I'm done then. I'm not going to go through the drama. He loves the drama. He has done this so much. And oh, by the way, I'm going to give you some financial numbers to tell you that there's a part of Aaron Rodgers that has been a problem for a long time. But he's going to sit down at minicamp or at some, point, some sort of workout with the Packers and have a nice team meeting, maybe players only. And he's going to say, hey, everything got blown out of proportion. This is what I actually said. He'll make some shit up. You know, he'll give him two sentences that he wanted to convey and that, you know, got misconstrued by 97,000 media outlets. And he'll he'll make nice with his Packers. And it'll be another reason for him to be the focal point of the 2021 season coming in. Because right now it's Tom Brady and nothing else. Right. The guy who beat him in the NFC championship game. Um, just like he did after Jordan Love got drafted. And we t- it turned into a what about me contest. And he went out and won the freaking MVP, right? There's going to be that same kind of, well, let's push past the chaos and get back to just playing football. And, and I'm going to go do what I do best, which is win NFC games and get ourselves in, in position for the Super Bowl. That's what's going to happen. They're not going to trade him. They're not going to release him. He's not going to walk away just yet because he is an MVP you know, candidate right now heading into 2021. He still has the weapons to do it. We can talk about that if you want, but I, I just think this is, and, and you know, maybe I'm, I'm being too harsh on him specifically. Maybe the wrong things really were said. Maybe the, maybe the wrong message was conveyed to Adam Schefter, Annie and Rappaport and Mike Garofalo and Tom Pelissero and all these guys who got different versions of this and different insight and Mike Florio, who had his own, own information about the GM and, and how bad that situation is. Any thoughts there? Is he playing for the Packers? Do you agree with me? Yeah, I, I think he's going to be okay. playing for the Packers. Right. I, I did think of a I did think of a third team there in cap hell, but the Saints. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a third possible, but I I do. I think he's going to be playing there. And you know they, who doesn't care about any of this crap? The Packers players. They don't care. If he walks back in the door and says, sorry, guys, that sucked. Let's go play football. Every single one of them is going to be like, oh, sounds good, man. Let's go toss yep. the ball around. Nobody yeah, cares inside there. Okay. If, is the GM pissed? Yeah. No question. The front office is a mess right now because of all this. And even if it's not all real, 
the fact that it's driving the NFL conversation is just destroying people inside that front office. So I, I have some sympathy for that. Okay. Here's the problem I have. And there's going to be people out there that hate this conversation. And there's going to be people out there that think this is BS and you're going to have a Giselle part of it. And I can counter that if you need me to counter that Scott, but I'm going to give you Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers right now. And I'm going to give it to you in cap hit rankings because this matters. Okay. There's so many times when you can, you can look at me and say, the cap is a myth. The cap is a legend. You can do whatever you want with it. You can be fluid with it. And, and my answer to you right now, Scott, is exactly. That's exactly right. So why then? Why? Since 2014, has Aaron Rodgers had a top 10 cap hit seven times? Why? If you, are, if you know that you're going to be here for the rest of your career, if you know that adding weapons and adding edge rushers and adding starting cornerbacks is the only way to keep this ship rolling and become annual contenders for the Super Bowl. Why then are you an annual top 10 cap hit? No, when you could make that change every single March. Since 2011, Aaron Rodgers has restructured his contract three times. Two of those were because of new contracts. Only one was a true convert base salary into signing bonus and push it down five years. 2013, he got a new contract, a max contract. He was the highest average paid player in football. 2018, he got a new contract, a max contract. He was the highest average paid player in football. Seven out of the last 10 years, he has been top 10 in cap hits. He has been able to control that. Okay. And if the Packers haven't asked, then I'm yelling at the wrong people right now and shame on the Packers. And maybe that is what's pissed off Aaron Rodgers. Okay. Maybe they haven't done enough with his money. And maybe they haven't offered enough extensions, restructured extensions to make this thing work. Because I'm going to give you the numbers on Tom Brady right now. And I know you're going to say, you know this, and you've heard this before, but this matters. And you can tell me all the things you want to tell me, all the excuses you want to make about how Tom Brady's had it easy. And the, and well, the Patriots are different than the Packers. Why? <laughs> Why? Everybody's been able to see this stuff. Spot has been out here since 2009. This stuff's been available to the public viewing for 15 years. Okay. So why has Tom Brady been restructured six times in the last eight years? That's not an accident. He's not, not taking all. less money, people. He gets a new signing bonus every single time he restructures. He gets cash in hand and the cap hit goes down. I'm going to give you Tom Brady's cap hit ranks starting this year, going all the way back to 2011. This is league cap hit ranking. Right now, he is 107th after a, after a restructure where he just got a $25 million signing bonus. Last year, he was ninth, and you can't fault him for it. He hit free agency for the first time. He was kind of in new territory. He's never been able to do this. I'm going to go and actually kind of max out, even though he didn't max out. He was $25 million a year, which was like 11th in terms of average salary. But he was ninth last year. Scott, that's the only top 10 cap hit he's had since 2011. I'm going to quickly run down these numbers. 107, 9, 12, 11, 38, 27, 24, 17, 11, 83rd, 14th. That's the ranking of Tom Brady's cap hits since 2011. It's not an accident. And not you, can, you can start, you can have the conversation now about Super Bowl quarterbacks and cap percentages. It's not an accident. Yes, the cap is fake. Yes, the cap is fluid. Yes, you can do whatever you want with it. 
but you have to actually do something with it to fit in 60 guys on an annual basis because guys get hurt. Guys get, you know, there's all sorts of reasons why you need to add more cap and have a buffer and not run a max, you know, right up against that limit every single year, like some teams try to do. If Aaron Rodgers was truly the good Packer that everybody claims he's been, then these two situations should look exactly alike. They've both been on the same team for forever. Okay, I know that Brady's older, and I know that Brady has now moved on. But guess what? He's doing the same shit he did in New England that he's doing now in Tampa Bay. He just did it. He just did it. And I know the Packers tried to restructure Rodgers this year. They tried to follow suit, and Aaron Rodgers has said no. And maybe that means he really is out, and he's going to retire. I don't care anymore. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm past that point. I'm, I don't even care what happens anymore. We've seen enough of him. He's been great. He's a Hall of Famer. But this stuff matters. All right? This stuff matters. And I'll quickly give you one more set of numbers before I let you loose on the, uh, on the quarterback stuff, Scott. You want to say he has a gripe? Fine. But he hasn't played ball either. NFL offseason spending over the past five years. This is what the Packers have done the entire offseason. Total value contracts added. In 2017, they were 22nd in the league. In 2018, they were 12th. 2019, they were 12th. In 2020, they were 23rd. This year, they're 31st. And I can't even count this year. The reason they're 31st this year is because Aaron Rodgers has the highest cap hit in football. And his uncertainty has made them basically pause operations. <laughs> Let's just be fair. So the fact that they're dead last right now is a good move. Don't do anything right now until you know if it's Jordan Love. Um, free agent spending over the past five years. And by the way, this is the past 25 years for Green Bay. They never spend in free agency. Ever, ever, ever. It's 2017th, 24th, 2018, 21st, 2019, second. 2020, 29th, 2021, 31st. Again, who cares about this year? Extensions. Taking care of their own players. 2017, 14th, 2018, 7th, because of Aaron Rodgers. 2019, 25th, 2020, 14th. 2021-26. Aaron Rodgers restructured. His, actual, his own actual restructure was after the 2019 season, leading up to 2020 free agency, which allowed David Bakhtiari, Mason Crosby, and Kenny Clark to get extensions. He was clearly happy with the team then, Scott. He was clearly happy with that roster because his single restructure allowed those three players, one of being his best friend slash left tackle, to get massive contracts and stay on the team. So what happened in the last 12 months that got us from that point to this point? What happened? They drafted Jordan Love. Yeah, that's right. Yep. That's right. So can we just stop with everything else? I'm giving you all the proof I can give you that he singularly has not done enough in the past decade. He singularly has not done enough. And you can say, well, why should he have to? He's the quarterback. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. He should be able to make as much money as we want. I am not talking about cash people. I can't stress enough how different cash and cap are. And this matters. Tom Brady has made $240 million. And so is his wife. I don't care about any of that. You want, you want to talk about off-field stuff? Here's my rebuttal to that. 
these are the, these are t- these are Aaron Rodgers' last three girlfriends: Olivia Munn, net worth of twenty five million dollars; Danica Patrick, net worth of eighty million dollars, and currently engaged to Shane Woodley, who is a multi million dollar actress. So don't tell me that Giselle is the reason Tom Brady's cap hits are low. I don't want to hear that shit anymore. That's not going to hold up with me because because Aaron Rodgers can can do whatever he needs to do off the field to make money. He's been the face of State Farm for forever how many years. He's been the face of plenty of other brands for so many years. There is money all over his world. Okay. He has not done enough with the salary cap to make life better for Green Bay. And again, Maybe Green Bay just doesn't want to restructure contracts. Maybe this is them saying, we're not doing this. We're not pushing dead cap down the line. We don't like dead cap. We don't want to do this. Then shame on them too, because that's not how you win Super Bowls. High cap hits at any position, even the quarterback position, don't win Super Bowls. You're on the clock, Scott. Tell us why. Because it, it eats up into, like you said, you can't roster build. Give us the so, numbers. Give us give we, us the players who have had somewhat high cap hits yeah. in the Super Bowl. Even the losers. We've got it all the data here over the past 20 years. I mean, yeah, losers, so, just getting to the Super Bowl, you can't have a high cap hit. No, no, you can't. And and I've been tracking this for, since you said 2000, I track the cap hit with the Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl loser, and the percentage that cap hit is of the league max to give it some sort of standard metric for percentage-wise. The highest winning Super Bowl winner had a 12.6% cap of the league cap. So then that was Tom Brady last year. He broke his own record from 2018 at 12.4% of the cap max yep. the highest loser goes all the way back to 2009 which was 18.8 percent which was peyton manning and his cap hit was 23.2 million dollars that year but because of that being such a high cap hit versus the cap maximum for the league he had a high percent the next closest to that was 15 percent of matt ryan he was a loser he had a 23.75 percent cap yep. max but any any player, any quarterback that has a cap percentage greater than let's call it fifteen. Yeah, fifteen is probably 15. the high part. I mean, look, look the yeah. averages and the medians are under ten. <laughs> They're yeah, under ten. You, you're not you're not getting to the Super Bowl. It, it just because you aren't allowing your team to be able to bring in the wide receivers or the the depth on the offensive line. It 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 hinders growth and movement within the team when your cap hit is so large compared to the cap maximum. And that's not even including the cap space that go roll over and anything like that. So what I did is I, I broke this out in two, from 2011 forward to see how these percentages have panned out versus the, the new CBA and that rookie scale and everything with that. So the average winner had a percentage of 7.8% of for for the winner of the cap maximum. The loser was relatively close at 7.7%. So even either way since the rookie scale it's just under 8% is the average and the median if we looked at the median because cap hits can be super high and super low based on rookie scale it's still at 10% for 
a winner and 8.7% for a loser. So still, as long as your cap hit is below the median of 10, you know, you're, you're doing your team a service. Okay. So what does that mean? Right. What does it mean? Does it mean that, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers can't win the Super Bowl this year because his cap hit is ridiculous? Is that what we're saying, Scott? It is a very, very un... (laughs) The answer is yes. 20 years of data is enough to say yes. It's enough. Well, I'm going to say it's enough, but I'm still going to say it's still 99.5% five percent chance that he doesn't make it because there always is the anomaly tom brady having a high you know peyton manning having a high that it's an anomaly that they got there at such a high high percentage of the cap so there is still a percentage that he could i'm not going to say it's absolutely 100 percent. he's not going to make it but i am it I'm going to say it's 99.5, 99.9, somewhere in there. There is a very, 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 very small chance that he makes it, but the data doesn't lie. It doesn't. When we're seeing players with low cap hits or on rookie deals or on just extensions where the team has managed the the cap in those first couple of years, which we could get into that next, you know, there, there's a there's a reason we have not seen a t- a player with a cap hit of a quarterback in the th- in the 30s. We haven't seen it in uh, 25 and above. And if we go with that route, Aaron Rodgers is out, Russell Wilson is out, Kirk Cousins is out, Ryan Tannehill is out, Matt Ryan is out, Jimmy Garoppolo is out. Big Ben is at 25-9. He's probably out. And then Dak is at 22-2 this year. So let me cut those in. top seven. Let me cut in. You said your averages over the past 20 years in terms of Super Bowl attendees, right? Making this the, the Super Bowl as a quarterback is about mid-sevens. Okay. Yes. Guess who's at six right now and can get the 7.7, which is exactly your average. With incentives. If he hits all of his incentives, and guess what? If he gets to the Super Bowl, he's going to hit all of his incentives. So the Cam? Cam. No. Brady. Oh, yeah. Tom right, Brady is at 6% of the salary right. cap right now. And then with his incentives built in, he can get to 7.7% of the salary cap, which is exactly the number that we have referenced as kind of the number to get to to get yourself into the Super Bowl. Guess who's even less than this? Guess who restructured so much that he's down to $4 million this year? Any thoughts? Who's restructured a lot? I don't know. He had a big roster bonus, and he has one pretty much every single year for the next 10 years. Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes has the 189th cap hit in football right now at $7.4 million, which is about yeah. 4% of the league cap. 4%. It's not rocket science. If you're trying to win the Super Bowl this year, cap matters. This year specifically, too. 182.5 is a joke of a salary cap based on what's happening right now and based on the fact that we have $40 million per year contracts out there. Aaron Rodgers is over 20% of the Packers cap. That's insane. It's not, it's, not, it's not an individual sport. And unfortunately, over the past decade, Aaron Rodgers' cap hits have been individual. And, you know, I'm sure he's a hell of a teammate. He's certainly a hell of a quarterback. 
But whoever decision it is to, to not continually move the needle on him and, and make it flexible and make it right and make it possible to bring in free agents, you know, your mantra can't just be, we're never going to sign people. And oh, by the way, I did, I did the work on trades too. Here's the people, here's the people that the Packers have acquired via trade over the past six years. BJ Goodson, Antonio Morrison, Deshaun Kaiser, a quarterback, and Niall Davis, a running back. Any of those guys worth a damn to you? Those yeah, are the yeah. only players, <laughs> actual player for player trades that the Packers have acquired. So it hasn't happened there. It hasn't happened there either. So I get it from if that's what Rodgers is looking at. You know, I finally restructure in 2020. You keep a couple of our guys in house. You do nothing in free agency. I mean, literally nothing. They were 29th last year. They were 21st and 24th two years before that. They just don't do it. They did it in 2019 to go and rebuild the defense. They brought in a ton of linebackers and edge rushers in 2019 and uh, got back to the NFC Championship, lost. Got back in 2020, lost. So they're winning. But, you know, if these are the numbers that Aaron Rodgers is looking at, and certainly he knows a lot more about what's happening internally, you know, maybe the maybe the. You know, maybe his gripe is this, Scott, that A, we're just not going to overspend in free agency, never have, never will. We don't want dead caps, so we're not going to restructure, never have, never will. And if that's how the organization is operating, then I'm going to turn face here and, and say, Aaron Rodgers, go find a different team. Because, you know, the Steelers are, are, are similar in, in how they structure contracts. You know, we don't want the dead cap. We're not going to guarantee, you know, any kind of base salary. We're going to give you a small bonus and move on from there. Got it. Guess who also used to be like that? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then when Tom Brady came to town, all hell broke loose. Void years, dead cap, restructures, whatever it took to make the cap work and the roster impactful. That's what happened when Tom Brady showed up. So if if Aaron Rodgers isn't getting that kind of treatment from Green Bay and never has and never will, then go find another team. Denver will do it in a heartbeat. I promise you. All right? They'll do it in a heartbeat. Um so it's interesting, you know, and I'm not trying to kill only one side of the spectrum here. I want to make sure that it, I do my due diligence. And look, I have. I've done my homework here. I've got eight pages of Google Doc here sitting in front of me to try to understand just where this is all coming from. I want to finish on this, and it's more of a global sports conversation. Um, superstars who need to get the hell out of town. Okay, it's been the thing. It's kind of been an NBA thing. But there's a lot of people that think Mookie Betts had this, had this, that he just absolutely wanted out of Boston for a lot of reasons. I don't think he was welcomed there in a lot of ways, maybe from a racial perspective. I, I, I heard a lot of rumblings. Let's just put it that way. And I don't, want, I don't want to go down there. But it seems like he was turning down every single contract offered to him on purpose. And the point was, you can let me walk for free in free agency, or you can get something back from me right now, but I need to get out of Boston. So he's in this conversation, but if we're just talking NBA, I mean, it's Harden, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard out of San Antonio, Porzingis out of the Knicks, Jimmy Butler out of the Timberwolves, Anthony Davis out of the Pelicans, Kyrie out of Cleveland. Uh, I'm missing a ton, but that's just like in the last three years in the NBA, not even three years. Correct. And then Antonio Brown in Pittsburgh and, you know, Brett Favre out of Green Bay years ago. Every superstar soccer player in the history of, of soccer has done this. Okay, they've left one organization to go to another organization, and they did this by basically quitting on their team. I'm done here. I'm done. I'm not going to play international anymore. I'm, not, I'm done here. You got to move me, transfer me, trade me, whatever it's going to take. 
this has been a thing in soccer for forever. And maybe that's where the model came from. You know, a lot of these, te- these American athletes have invested, become friends with, you know, gotten to know, done a lot of media hits with these superstar soccer players. And maybe there's been conversations back and forth. Like, what are you doing? Don't be in San Antonio, Kauai, if you don't want to be. Get the hell out of there, you know? Um, and it's become a thing. It's now an American sports thing. We kind of saw this happen with Russell Wilson. I would imagine that's cooled off for a year. I can't imagine he comes back in focus, although June 2nd could be a very fun day. Who knows? But it seems like that's going to be next year. But this Aaron Rodgers stuff is real still. It's still very much in focus. So is he next? Has he done enough? Has he, has he done enough right now? I mean, he hasn't gone Antonio Brown crazy yet. And that was crazy. <laughs> but is that, is that what's next? Is he going to have to literally bring things back into the limelight in some other fashion? Is he going to make a, a you know, a, an inst- is he going to go IG live and announce that he is officially leaving the Packers? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm done mm-hmm. here. I'm officially done here. I'm putting myself out there. And I guess my question is this. Will the Packers comply? Because every single te- scenario I just gave you, the team has complied almost instantaneously. They've had almost no way out. Do the Packers have an out here? After, well, yeah, they do. If they want to take on the dead, kit, dead cap right now. Keep going. But if it gets to June, Why else if do it they have an out? Well, I, I'm, I'm saying if they wait to post June 6th, their cap, it will not be. Yeah. As bad. Yeah. There's a financial out, so, but why else can, why else can they do this? Why else can they just not trade Aaron Rodgers? Well, he's already being accounted for, so I'm not sure I'm, I'm following where, where you're going with so, it. So they don't trade him, and it's August 31st. And he holds out. What we learned yesterday from our buddy Joel Corey is not only is he going to lose that salary by holding out and Find heavily $50,000 per day for training camp, $93,000 for missing mini camp, um, all sorts of other different little iterations. I've got a tweet out there that kind of breaks it down. Here's what we learned yesterday from Joel Corey, who got a look at Aaron Rodgers' contract. Not only is he going to lose the $14 million base salary, he's going to lose the $6.8 million roster bonus from March, which was guaranteed but not paid. It, the, <laughs> the Packers, since Aaron Brandt was the president, have rolled roster bonuses into the base salary as a payment plan, which means it gets paid out every two weeks or every week, depending on how they pay him salary-wise. So he's got a $21 million essential base salary in terms of the bonus and the, pay, and the P5 salary. <clears throat> that, will not go, that will not see his bank account if he holds out. And they can recoup it, and they can recoup whatever signing bonus has not hit the cap yet. The Packers have contract leverage right now. On Aaron Rodgers. They have one other thing, and it's circling back to the whole reason this is happening, and you can't convince me otherwise. They have Jordan Love. They don't need to go and pull Josh McCown off a high school sideline right now. Okay. And maybe Jordan Love's terrible, but he's theirs, and he's under contract, and he's dirt cheap. They have all they- the pieces they need to save themselves $21 million of cash from Aaron Rodgers and more possibly 30 million more in signing bonus that could come back. Okay. They could make a ton of money back. 
and 2022 cap space back when that all rolls over and adjusts. <laughs> and they could start Jordan Love week one. And, you know, they're not going to the NFC Championship game, so they're going to lose that part of it. But they have enough to put their foot down and not be the Houston Rockets here and not be the New Orleans Pelicans and not be the Boston Red Sox. And they can just say, hey, man, you're 36. You made a ton of coin. We're going to put our foot down on this one for the betterment of the franchise. They can do it. Well, that and if if they do start Jordan Love and they're not good, then they're going to have a high draft pick in the 2022. Sure. And if you don't love Jordan Love, you draft another quarterback yeah. and you move on. Yeah. Um, I, I get the rollover, but him sitting on your cap at $36 million right now. Adjust, for it adjusts year. As, he, as he loses money. Oh, does it? Mm-hmm. So uh, if it's it through week one, two, three, that cap would get It'll all get adjusted. adjusted. It'll all get adjusted. Oh, interesting. So that puts a new caveat in it. So, yeah, if I'm the Packers, then I'm playing hardball. I don't know why no they wouldn't. Can. Because honestly, it, because if, that if is, it's about that holding is, up his legacy, that's already been tarnished. Yeah, it has been. Because he, here's the difference with, with say, the James Harden that you mentioned. That full cap hit, whether he held out, would stay on the books until they moved him. Soon as they move him, there was no dead cap remaining from a James Harden trade. So besides what you would bring back. Yeah. So – with the the Packers situation in the NFL situation, you know, you trade him, you have to retain some of that dead cap, whether it's almost all of it now That's or right. get split. So that is a big difference. If and it, if if they want to hold out, or if if let me rephrase that, if the Green Bay Packers want to play hardball, and that cap gets reduced every week. That's an advantage to them and a disadvantage to Rodgers where he's going to start bleeding money and, you know, I don't know what, what he has saved or anything like that. But Isn't the worst case point, scenario that he holds out for like six weeks and then tries to come back week seven? Isn't that worst case scenario here? Th- that is because then that cap that they're – But not even, not even financially speaking, Sad, just from a, legacy a football, point. like, you know – I mean, well, even the, the general public is going to welcome him back because, you know, having the Packers relevant is, is fun. But I just don't I, – that's not what I want here. I don't want this to be a stare down. You know, I want there to be a breaking point. And, gen, and that's why teams trade these players. That's why they just say, we got to get rid of this from a PR standpoint more than anything. You know what I mean? So well, it's, I, I have a feeling that's where we're headed here. But I, I don't know. That's I just, what James Hart yeah. James Harden did that. He James Harden, did, James Harden he went, went a step off. further, though, Scott. He, he went out there and played bad basketball and well, didn't get in shape, and he, he went further than this. I can't imagine Aaron, Aaron Rodgers is going to do that. He's not going to go out no, there and tank. <laughs> but James Harden also went out and was partying and did all of that stuff yes. before the season. Yeah. He, he was you know, not, a, not abiding by the protocols that the NBA had put in place. And then you're right. He came in, wasn't playing good basketball, wasn't being a good teammate. So he went above and beyond. But it worked for him because Houston moved on from him. And he went to the team that he wanted to go to and everyone was shooing him in for. Yeah. So it, it worked in his case. I'm not going to say it's not going to work 
in in Rodgers' case, but if he really truly does not want to be there, he's going to have to do something way out there to really piss off the Packers, the Packer fans yes. because you're right, if he does come back, if if the Packers and him are holding out and doing this back and forth and it gets to be week six and the Packers are 0-6 and, and Rodgers comes back, they're going to be calling for him. Fans are going to be calling for him to come back so that they can win some games and not have such a bad record. So there, as much as the Packers can can play the waiting game, mm-hmm. there is going to be a, a internal deadline of we've got to do this because it's going to be – a bad look for us and not only from the Rogers and and playing standpoint, it's going to look bad from them on a front office global entity for the next few years, because what, what players are good players are going to watch this and be like, I don't want to play for that franchise. If this is how they treat their superstar. That's right. That's right. And, and oh, by the way, I'll, I'll finish with this because it's been a lot of anti Rogers and, and I don't want it to be that way. I want it to be, kind of bashing both sides here. I mentioned that, you know, the Rogers cap hits and, and how that has been, it has to have been a problem because it, is, it has to have given the Packers a starting point that they, you know, haven't been able to do much with. They don't restructure, Scott. They don't restructure. I just went back to 2011. Okay. The Aaron Rodgers restructure that happened at the end of 2019 is the only restructure bonus between 2011 and 2020. Now they did a lot of restructuring this year specifically because of the cap drop. So there's five restructure bonuses on their, on their cap right now, excuse me, six, including Aaron Rodgers. So this is an anomaly of a year, like it has been for the rest of the league, but they have absolutely not restructured their players and and been fluid with the salary cap which in turn makes it harder to sign free agents, in turn makes it harder to acquire players. They are trying to keep their dead cap low. They are trying to work for the future. So that, so if I'm Aaron Rodgers, if I'm him right now, and I'm trying to think you know, about what things have really pissed me off the most about being a Green Bay Packer over the past decade, this is where I'm looking at to say that we've been deficient. This is it right here. We haven't pushed the envelope once. And he sees, te- he sees teams like the Saints and the Eagles, who have both been to Super Bowls, um, pushing. And, and, and the reason I went back to 2011 is they went to the Super Bowl in 2010. And it's, after, it's a year after they gave Rodgers that restructured extension. So there's, uh, the proof is in the pudding. This stuff isn't, this isn't fake numbers that I'm throwing at you at all, okay? And... And there's a possibility here, and again, I want to be fair, that this is shame on Green Bay's system, that you have this guy that you know you want for 20 years, that you know that you know at some point in 2013, you know, even after that Super Bowl, you knew that this was going to be your guy for the next 10 years. You just knew it. And at that point, it had to turn into the Brady situ- situation and the Breeze situation, two-year contracts, restructures, keep the caps low every single year, just keep pushing down the line because who cares about 2024? We can win the Super Bowl this year if we do it right. So I'm going to give the Packers just as much flack as I have, you know, Rodgers for the way that this whole thing has unfolded this year because from a, from a cap management standpoint, they're antiquated. They're old school. They're, 20, they're 2005, still living in 2020. 
And maybe they'll find that out this year because of the restructures that they've been forced to do with the league, league salary cap situation. Maybe they'll find out that, hey, it's not that big of a deal to actually have some dead cap because winning's better than that. Winning solves everything. I, uh, this is tough. I hate bashing you know, situations like this, but it, it's, this is unnecessary. The timing of it's bad. You know, the, the fact that Aaron Rodgers was demanding a trade in a situation where there was just nobody really to do that. You know, it was just unlikely that what he was asking for was possible. So, all right, we've just gone through all of this. 50 minutes of Aaron Rodgers slash the Packers. I asked you at the top of the show. I'm going to ask you now, having heard everything you just heard, is Aaron Rodgers the week one starting quarterback for the Packers? No. <laughs> you changed your mind. <laughs> he's on he's a Bronco. Or he's a retired player. No, he he's not gonna be a retired player because they could they would still retain his rights. They correct? would retain his rights. It'd be a Gronk situation. So he's not going to retire. He's going to force the trades at some point. And there's a lot of time between now and September 6th, week one, whatever that's going to be. I know we got the schedule coming out here. What? Soon. Tomorrow. Um, Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think I think he he sees what what the NBA has done, what some major league baseball players have done. Yeah. I think he's going to see if he can pull it in the NFL and enforce the trade to happen after you've laid everything out there. I, I think the riff is there. And I, if he, if he is on the Packers, he's still not going to be the week one starter. Here, here's my worst case scenario. This has all really been about the contract and he just wants more than Mahomes. He's been a max contract guy his entire career. Every contract he's signed has been top average pay, top guarantees. All time. He's unbelievably front-loaded. His current contract had so much money in the first three years, so much cash. Um, he has been max out guy his whole career. If that's what he's holding out for here, is $46 million per year, $140 million guarantee, whatever it's going to take, this, that'll be the absolute worst outcome ever at this stage of his career. I mean, that is just not what I want to hear. That's not what I want to see happen. And I hope the Green Bay Packers never do that. Do not give into that, okay? The Steelers didn't with Ben. Nobody has with Tom Brady. Nobody has with Drew Brees. Nobody has with Phillip Rivers. None of these superstar quarterbacks, okay, at the, at the twilight of their career, thirty over 35 years old, have gotten top average paid contracts. Nobody. Peyton took $18 million a year with Denver. So I, uh, I, I really hope that's not what this is about because that will be the ultimate bad luck after what's already been a bunch of bad looks from Aaron Rodgers. So that's enough of him. By the way, his team's pretty damn good. <laughs> okay. I know that's yes, a lot of takes out there kind of analyzing the roster and, uh, you know, how many first round wide receivers have they had? How many first round running backs? You know, they've, they've got the great tight ends. You know, he's got all the help he needs. What, what, what is he pissed off about with the Green Bay Packers? I, I agree. I mean, they've been the back-to-back NFC Championship games. So clearly something is going well. But sometimes it's not always 
the roster acquisitions. It's something else between person A, person B, group A, group B. Why can't it just be that Tom Brady took a little bit less money and was able to fit in a heck of a lot more weapons on the defensive and offensive side of the ball in Tampa Bay? Why the exactly. heck can't that just be the answer? Tom Brady had a better team. And he might not be a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers well, right now, but who the hell cares? Well, and that's just with Tampa Bay. That's not, you know. That was last year. Been, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo and, and, beat him two years ago before that. So <laughs> every year, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots were in the Super Bowl. You know, Tom Tom's cap hit was relatively low. We saw the trades that they were able to make, the acquisitions that they were able to make, signings, free agents. We know they didn't have a good draft, but yeah. I, I can think of a few instances of players but, that they were able to, but really quickly, really quickly. I mean, we'd be bat people bash on Belichick for being a terrible drafter, blah, blah, blah. You know, what's hard drafting 30th every year. That's yes. freaking hard. And the Packers have done that too. Okay. They That's have. really, really hard. There are not 20 great prospects in a year, let alone 30. Okay. So you are getting the, the second to third tier of superstar rookie prospect every single year. That's a hard way to build your team. You know who didn't do that? You know who hasn't had to deal with that? The 49ers who beat the beat the Packers two years ago. Okay, they were the worst team in football three years ago. They had the number one pick. Okay, and they got a Bosa to count for it. And that Bosa was a problem for Aaron Rodgers. There's a lot of reasons that teams go up and down. And staying relevant, staying a contender for 10 to 15 years, that's really hard to do. But staying relevant for 10 to 15 years and not being active in free agency... Well, that's impossible. And not being active in the trade market, right? We've talked about how the way the Patriots have won and continue to win is via the trade. Okay, it's the Randy Moss, it's the Brandon Cooks, it's the it's all those little you know nitpicky moves that they made in September to to fill a hole, fill a last minute hole that they understood their system had. The Packers just haven't done that. They just haven't done that. There's there's no trade out there that you can put on the, the Packers organization that has lifted. Aaron Rodgers in any single season. Okay. So I, I, I don't want to be killing him here because there's, he's got a plenty to cry about and he, he must be one hell of a quarterback, honestly, to be able to account for the lack of business that, that the Packers have done over the past decade. I mean, there just has not been business done. I've given you the numbers. So he really must be, and I've heard some people say he's the most talented quarterback that's ever played the game. I've heard people say this, and I think there's probably enough to say he's at least in that conversation because, you know, he hasn't had a Gronk, you know, and Devontae Adams is a great player, but, you know, there's been better out there. So I give him credit. This is just not how you want these legacies to end. And I think that's where we're headed. I'm going to agree with you. I don't believe he's the week one starter. I think we have enough data that he's probably done for one of these mm -hmm. reasons. I've given you like eight. I think one of these reasons is enough. And uh, I do think he's a Denver Bronco. I really do. So be a nice fit. Let's finish the show there. Yeah. Put him with John Elway. Let him have a Peyton Manning kind of situation. Yeah. All right. My thanks to The Athletic. Visit theathletic.com slash spot track for even more Aaron Rodgers talk. And of course, to Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment, if you are a prospective NFL or NBA prospect, if you have been drafted, if you plan on being drafted, if you know somebody in this situation, or if you're a high school athlete or know somebody who's on this track, Morgan, Morgan Stanley Global Sports and Entertainment is the place for you to start. 
They are financial investors, financial planners. They have this kind of stuff all figured out in terms of how to get you from the high school spot right to the pros. And then even as a pro, how to manage your wealth, how to manage your rookie contract. They've got really smart and, and slotted programs in place that kind of help you through this. Right? You want to be Marshawn Lynch. You want to be Marshawn Lynch. You never spent a dollar of his salary. Right? He figured out how to, how to make brand and off-field and off investments that work for him and, and, and were able to pay his bills on the side so that his football money, and he made plenty of it, was kind of icing on the cake. That's what these kind of companies do, and they do it now earlier than ever in terms of these athletes' career. MSC.com slash GSE. Excuse me. MS.com slash GSE. Get you started today. For Scott Allen, my name is Mike Gennetti. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Spot Track Podcast.